Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Well, Merry Christmas. We kick off our new series, A Little Town, where we look at small places and small people that made a huge impact in their world. Join us this week as we look at Joseph. The Advent story is truly remarkable. It's a story that still captivates. It's a story that still warms the heart. It's a story that is still very mysterious. It's a story that really provides much of the foundation of our faith. It's a story. Have you ever been listening to someone just talk about some event in their life and they're unpacking all of the different details and you begin to listen to this and you're like, wow, that is a story. And you can't compete. Like you have nothing that compares to that. You have no topper. Well, Jesus has the ultimate topper story. It's his story. His advent. Just consider the virgin birth. I mean, that right there is the ultimate topper. Talk about said no one ever, right? But this is part of Jesus and his story. He was ultimately born in what was a barn in that day. So when Jesus grew up and he walked out of a house and if he left the door open, not that Jesus would do something like that, but if he did and someone said, what, were you born in a barn? He could say, yeah, actually I was born in a barn. There was a narcissistic crazy ruler in his day who was the king, and when he found out that there might be another king whose name was Jesus, he went on a personal journey to find this little infant and destroy him, which forced Joseph and Mary and Jesus to flee the country that they were living in. They basically had to live like refugees. This is a story And throughout the month of December, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to dive right into this story. We're going to jump right in, and we're going to look at common places and common people that make up the Advent. And we're going to ask ourselves this question. When God breaks into your world, what should you do? It's a fair question, don't you think? I mean, when God breaks into your world, and that's the advent, when he comes, when he arrives, when he breaks into your world, what should you do? Today, we're going to say hello to Joseph. He's the earthly father, the earthly caretaker of Jesus. And what about this guy? Well, God was definitely breaking into his world. And when God did that, everything changed and it changed fast. So here's what we discover, and here's what we learn from the life of Joseph, and this is our big idea for today. When God breaks into your world, listen. When God breaks into your world, be very, very ready to listen. I discovered something about myself, and that is I'm not a very good listener. I like to talk. I actually talk for a living. I get paid to do this. So I like talking and I am not a very good listener. So when it comes to my kids, I don't really listen to them that well. When it comes to my wife, Tanya, 
Well, I always listen to her, of course, right? When it comes to my staff, I've discovered that I don't always listen to them. And even when I'm listening to people, I find that I'm not really actively listening. I'm thinking of how I can respond to them. Like, here's the takeaways that they need, or here's the next step, or here's the significant thing that they need to do. And as soon as they pause and they breathe and they catch their breath, then I will start talking. So even when I'm listening, I'm not really listening. Does anybody else do this? Oh, come on. Well, when God breaks into your world, when God knocks on the door, when God touches your heart, he wants us to put stuff down. He wants us to sit up and pay attention. He wants us to lean in. He wants us to listen because what he's about to deliver is the earth-shattering, paradigm-shifting information that we need in order to experience life change and move past stuff. And we'll miss that if we don't listen. So here's the challenge. Listen. Don't miss out on that bead of hope that only God can deliver. Today we've lit the first candle of Advent. It's traditionally known as the candle of hope. And do you know what we get when we listen to God? we actually get a bit of hope. And this is what we learn from the life of Joseph. He did this. He listened and hope was delivered. Now, you've probably thought this because I know that I have. If I actually listen to God, then I'm going to have to do something. I mean, if I really sit up and pay attention, if I lean in, God will require some type of action on my part. Exactly. Listening to God always requires action, and that's where the fun begins. So do you feel somewhat stuck in your spiritual journey? Do you feel bored in your friendship with God? Then listen and just know that you will be required to do something, and at that point, life will be anything but boring. It will be this amazing journey And it all begins with listening. So what about this guy? What about Joseph, the caretaker of Jesus? Well, here's a few things that we know about him. First of all, he's a simple guy. He's kind of a normal guy, nothing spectacular. He was probably a carpenter by trade. Scripture uses the word tecton to describe what Joseph did. And that word tecton means builder, as in an architect. And so that's what Joseph did with his life. He was a builder. He was a carpenter. Uniquely, there are no recorded words in Scripture from Joseph. You will never find in the Bible, Joseph said, because he just didn't do it. He was probably a quiet guy. We're not real sure about that, but we do know He was pretty simple. We also know that he possessed no real social position of notoriety. He came from a common place. He came from the small town of Nazareth. It wasn't a big deal. And we also know that Joseph probably wasn't a wealthy guy. He didn't have much to his name. We also know this about Joseph. He encountered a tough 
relationship challenge. And that relationship challenge was with Mary, his wife, and the mother of Jesus. Now, most of the time we see these greeting cards and you've got Joseph and Mary and Jesus and they all look happy and pleasant. But when you really dive into the Advent narrative, you discover that their marriage started out in a very messy way. They almost didn't survive. They almost didn't make it. And we find the story of Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. So there are four different Gospels in the New Testament. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all four of these Gospels tell the story of Jesus. And Matthew is the very first book. So in the first book, and in the first chapter, we immediately find ourselves just submersed in the Advent narrative. And in the first 17 verses, we find the different individuals who are in the family line of Christ. And then in verse 18 we find our guy named Joseph. Here's what it says. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you say bizarre? Because that's what it is. I mean, let's just be real here. A virgin birth is a little out there, but it's exactly what God wanted. And I think sometimes we kind of pass over this without really thinking about the significance. So let's talk about that for just a moment. Jesus wasn't conceived the same way as the rest of us. And here's why. Had Jesus been conceived by the act of two people, he would have inherited their sin nature. He wouldn't be divine. He wouldn't be the savior, meaning it would not have been possible for Jesus to pay the price for the sins of the world. It also means that Jesus would have been a lie. But here's the reality. Jesus wasn't a lie. He was divine. He was perfect. He was without sin. And that's because his mother became pregnant through a supernatural act of the Holy Spirit. So here's the significance of the virgin birth. It means that Jesus was able to save people. And by the way, that's really good news. See, that's you and that's me. And that's why we celebrate and that's why we smile. And that's why we say he is worth it because Jesus had the ability to pay the price for our sins. That's a remarkable thing. And it's just the way that God wanted it, okay? So immediately in chapter one, we're hit with this fact. God is awesome. He really is. When you think about this event, only God, only God. Verse 19, because Joseph... Here's our guy. Her husband was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. So what's happening here? What's going on? Well, in Bible times, there were two parts to a marriage, very similar to our marriages today. There was the vow part, the do you and do you and I do and I do or whatever language they used back in the day. That was the legal binding part of a marriage contract. There was the vow section. 
And then there was the section where they would consummate the marriage or the two would become one flesh. So two parts, the vow part and the consummation part. Now, unlike marriages in our day where that pretty much all happens on one day, in Bible times, it was part of their custom and it was part of their law that there would be months in between the two parts, even up to a year. And I believe based on the language we find here in Matthew chapter one, that Joseph and Mary were in between the two parts. They had said their vows. They had said, I do. So they were in a legally binding contract, but they hadn't consummated the marriage yet. So what would happen is a couple would get together and they would exchange vows. And then the bride would actually go back and live with her family. And she would wait there until the groom came to get her in what was called a home-taking ceremony. And this was basically the reception. And it was a big party, a big celebration, and then the groom or the husband would take his wife back to his house and they would consummate the marriage. But again, there could be months in between the vow part and the consummation part, even up to a year. And what the husband was doing during that time is he was preparing a place for his bride. And once he was done building that and preparing that, he would go and they would participate in this great celebration. So during this time, they were not permitted to be alone together. Even though they were considered married, even though they were husband and wife, they could not be alone. There was no touching. And this is where Mary and Joseph found themselves between the vow part of the ceremony and the consummation part. So Mary becoming pregnant at this stage is kind of a big deal. And Joseph knew, that is not my child. That is not mine. I have been loyal to the law. I have been faithful, but Mary. I mean, this is kind of a scandalous thing. And this whole little town, this whole little village would have known about it. And so Joseph at this point really has two options. He can publicly disgrace Mary, which according to their custom and their law was okay to do. He could bring her out and say, you have ruined me and you have ruined yourself and this marriage is off. We are done forever. Or he could publicly and perhaps in a more private way divorce his wife, Mary. And there's no doubt that Joseph was getting counsel from his family and friends that they were telling him, you know what, you should probably divorce Mary. I mean, if this is what she's doing now, it's only going to get worse. And so Joseph began to think about all of this and does he want to do it in a public way or in a private way? And verse 19 makes it pretty clear that he decided to privately divorce her and put her away. I mean, before Jesus, before we have the manger scene, before any of this, we got a huge mess on our hands. This is a pretty big challenge for Joseph. So he's a simple guy. He possessed no real social position of notoriety, and he encountered a tough relationship challenge. There's something else, though, that we learn about Joseph, and here it is. He was willing to listen and then act. 
He was very willing to do this. He was willing to listen and then act. Verse 20, as he considered this, considered what? All of this that's happening, Mary being pregnant and all of this information coming to him, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. I think he may have been fearful of what people were thinking about him. Like if I follow through on this, if I actually make Mary my wife, even though there is this scandalous thing that is taking place, if I follow through, if I step through on all of this, what will people think of me? What will people think of us? And so the angel says, look, just forget about all of that. Do not be afraid to do the right thing here and to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So no man did this. This is a supernatural act, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. In other words, Joseph, listen. Listen here. You're thinking about all of this. You are considering this, and you are in the middle of a tough relationship challenge, and you're a simple guy, but you can handle this because I'm breaking into your world. What's Joseph going to do here? Is this all just a bad dream or will he actually listen? Well, verse 24 is an extraordinary moment in Joseph's life where he's confronted by a choice. And there's just some acute tension in Joseph's life due to some unusual circumstances. Hello, Joseph. God is breaking into your world. So what are you going to do? What's going to happen? Verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Did he listen? What do you think? Did he listen? You bet he did. And we find that reflected in his actions. See, when we listen to God, when we lean in and when we put stuff down and when we sit up and when we pay attention, we hear things, but it also requires an action step on our part. And this is exactly what Joseph did. So what does this mean for us? What do we take away from this? Well, we're here at the start of December And it's a crazy month, isn't it? There's a lot going on for all of us. There's parties and there's events and there's shopping and there's eggnog lattes. You need to have one of those. They're incredible. That's happening this time of the month. There's fruitcake and in-laws and crazy kids. And this is all just the most wonderful time of the year, right? Well, here's the deal. Listen, listen, because God wants to say something to you. And when God breaks into your world, no matter how unremarkable of a place you think you've come from or how unimpressive you may feel, slow down for a moment. Listen to what God wants to say 
dig into his word and get here and listen. 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 And then be ready to act. When God breaks into your world, listen and just know that he's going to have something specific for you to do. Right now, I want all of us just to listen. We're going to take that step today. On the screen, you're going to see some words. I want you to read them and then just listen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.